It works? Okay. All right. So welcome everybody at the Second Chance Cafe at 5850 Jantano West. You are all welcome. Come a little bit early. We're starting a little bit late. Welcome to people on Facebook. Today we're going to be blessed by having Pastor Adam to speak about healing tonight. So uh, may your heart be all expecting to see God act in a miracle way today. Amen? So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we are happy to be in this midst with you, Lord, because where one or two are gathered, you are in the midst with us. And we, we invite you, Lord. We praise your name. We give you all the glory and all the honor that maybe we have some, not maybe, that we have testimonies to testify that you are still the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Amen. May all of you be blessed. And now we invite Daniel and uh, David to lead us in the worship. Hallelujah. It is the Lord that keepeth me. It is Him who helps us go through the trials. And help us to resist to the temptation. And He holds us in our faith. Il me gardera 
And if we say often we got to hook on Jesus, stay hooked on to Jesus. But it's not necessarily that because Jesus say, no one will grab them away from my hands. It is he who holds us and not us who holds it. And to him all the glory. You unraveled me. Okay, no longer ça s'appelle plus, ne plus jamais être esclave. Child of God, 
child of God. Oh, 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 right through it. child of God. I am a child of God. Yes, I am. Hallelujah. Nous sommes les enfants de Dieu. The next song, Never Alone, because Jesus said, never he will abandon us. Never he will délaisse uh, us. Forsake us. It's an old song. Since 1887. Woo! Oh, 1897. Close enough. Uh, Ludie Carrington. Uh, Ludie Oh, 
mon sauveur me garde, jamais ne me laisse seul. It's his promise, hallelujah. And God cannot lie. And though he so he's hold on to his promises. Amen. Darkness, 
my God, that is who you are. 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 Never stop working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you. In our midst, I worship you. Oh, yes, Lord, I worship you. You are here in us, place. Amen. I worship you. Worship you. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you very much. Someone that is very precious and dear to his heart, 
And what that parable lets us know is that if you were the only person in the world, Jesus Christ would have went to the cross and suffered just for you because he loves you and he has a plan and a purpose for every single one of your lives. He says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, never to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So I am honored to be here tonight. Before we get into the Word of God, let's pray for Brother Nick. How does that Hallelujah. sound? Hallelujah. Amen. says that the fervent and effectual prayer of a righteous man avails much. And so we're on the sickbed. Lord, I thank you that your Word says, I will restore health unto you and I will heal your wounds. And so right now, Father, we send your word to him, and we thank you, Lord, that you are strengthening his physical body in the name of Jesus. For your word says that those that put their hope in the Lord shall renew their strength, and they will mount with wings of eagles. They will run, and they will not grow weary. They will walk, and they will not faint. And so, Father, we thank you that Brother Nick is healed in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for restoring him and for raising him from that sickbed. In Jesus' name, we lose healing. We lose the anointing of God wherever he is. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, as Richard said tonight, I felt led in my spirit to speak about the subject of divine healing. But I want to go even beyond that subject. And I want to talk to you about the Jubilee. Have any of you ever heard of the Jubilee before? Raise your hand. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to talk to you about what that term, the Jubilee, means. Because I want to encourage you with two things. Number one, you know, I know right now there's a lot of frustration when it comes to the political realm. In the sense that we see there's a lot of things that the enemy is doing where it's easy to maybe get frustrated and think like, I don't know, maybe God's on vacation and all these wicked men are having a party. But I want to show you that God is not on vacation, that God is very much aware of everything that is going on, and that um, His hand is at work in the earth. And I'm going to unpack that by showing you this mystery in the Bible that is called the Jubilee. And from there, I'm also going to speak on the subject of healing, and show you how even divine healing is connected to the subject of the Jubilee. So if you're here today and you need a touch of God in your physical body, at the end of this message, I am going to pray with you and believe God to see a miracle in your life. And you know what? Maybe there's someone in your family that is not doing well. I want to let you know that God is able to reach them and that you can stand in proxy for those people. And we see an example of that in the Bible in Luke chapter 7 with a centurion. There was a centurion who had a servant that was very sick. And the Bible says he loved this servant. And uh, what happened was that the centurion sent emissaries to go see Jesus to say, Would you be willing to heal my servant? And Jesus said, Yes, I will come and heal him. And the emissary said, No, no, no. He says, Don't even come. I'm not worthy that you would enter my roof, but just speak the word, and I know that my servant will be healed. You see, that man's faith not only brought, you know, restoration to him, he didn't need it, but it brought restoration to his servant because of his faith. And I want to let you know that God can reach through your faith, God can reach 
many others as well. And so tonight we're going to pray and believe that God is going to extend His hand and that He is going to heal you and that He is going to touch even your loved ones. Uh, you know, the Bible says in Luke chapter 6, verse 17, that when the people came to hear Jesus, they weren't just coming to hear a good lecture. They weren't just coming to hear some rabbi speaking. It says that they came to hear and also to be healed. Why? Because Jesus said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. That is what separates God from every other religion, philosophy, or human concept. Is that He's the living God and that He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And the Bible says His ear is not heavy that He cannot hear. And His hand is not short that it cannot save, which means there is nothing impossible for our God, and there is nothing that is impossible to them that believe. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord God. With that in mind, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I want to thank you for the privilege of being here tonight. And Lord, I want to thank you for your word, which is the lamp to our feet, and it is the light to our path. Father, I pray that by the Holy Spirit, the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. Lord, that every ear would hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church. And Father, that your word would not fall to the ground, but Lord, that you would hearken unto it and accomplish it. For your word says, so shall my word be, which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me void, but it will accomplish that which I please. It will prosper wherever I send it. Father, let faith be produced in the heart of every believer that is here tonight. And Lord, I thank you for extending your mercy and extending your hand to heal in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord God, that every spirit of infirmity leaves. Thank you, Lord God, for healing and restoration in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Praise and glory. Amen. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord God. So I want to start off just by talking a little bit about the Jubilee. And this is something we read about in Leviticus chapter 25. And so I'm going to show you two things. First of all, how the Jubilee is a mystery from the Word of God that is actually orchestrating some of the major events that are happening in the world. I'm going to show you that in just a second. And uh, for those of you who follow our radio program, The Watchman Report, uh, every Friday I talk on Bible prophecy. And it's so important because we are living in unusual times. And so I want to encourage you with, with that. But then also I'm going to explain how the Jubilee is also the key to understanding the gospel of the kingdom, which is a gospel that produces power, including divine healing. Sound good? Yes. Man. All right. So the year of Jubilee, we read about it in Leviticus chapter 25. And for the sake of time, I'm only going to read three verses. But in your, own in your own time, you could read the entire chapter. There is over 50 verses. And so you can see why I'm not going to read every one of those tonight. But let me just read a couple here. Let me read from verse 8 to verse 10. This is what it says. And you shall number seven Sabbaths of years unto you, seven times seven years, and the space of the seven Sabbaths of years shall be unto you forty-nine years. Then you shall cause the trumpet of the Jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month, 
Don't worry, this will all make sense after. Uh, in the Day of Atonement, you shall make the trumpet to sound throughout your land. And you shall hollow the 50th year. Remember that term, the 50th year. And proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee unto you. And you shall return every man to his possession. And you shall return every man to his family. Okay, you're probably saying, what on earth does that mean? That's why I'm here. Amen. Okay, so watch this. Okay, let me let me make this as simple as possible. Okay, basically, in when the Jewish people in the Old Testament, when they were getting ready to enter into the Promised Land, if you remember, God called them out of Egypt, where they served as slaves in bondage. God brought them through the wilderness, and as He was getting ready to bring them into the land, the Lord gave a law through Moses. And it was called the Law of the Jubilee. And the Law of the Jubilee basically says this, that every 50 years, um, a person, if they were in bondage, if they were serving as a slave, if they lost a possession or anything like that, everything that was taken had to be restored to them in the year of Jubilee. And so it was a time when lost property was restored to its original owner. Not only that, but if someone was away, they had to return to their home in the year of Jubilee. So the Jubilee is all about deliverance. It's about release. It's about returning. And it's about restoration. And so if you were a Jew that was living in those days, this was something you really looked forward to. Most people only lived through either one or two of these in their entire lifetime. And so they were looking forward to this jubilee when they, their debts were be, would be forgiven, when their property would be recovered, when they would return home, when there would be restoration in their lives. And so that was a principle that was there. However, there is a spiritual reality to this jubilee. Why? Because when Jesus came and he preached, you know, if I was to ask you, what did Jesus preach? You would give me a bunch of good answers. You would say Jesus preached repentance. And that is a good answer. You would say he talked about the kingdom of God. That's a great answer. But in Luke 4.19, the Bible tells us exactly what Jesus preached. And the Bible says that Jesus preached the acceptable year of the Lord. The acceptable year of the Lord is the year of Jubilee. Which means in Jesus' preaching, the concept of the Jubilee was realized through the ministry of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to get to that in just a moment. But before I do, I want to talk to you about a mega Jubilee. And let me explain what I mean by that. What I mean is this, that most people don't realize, because you see, again, the Jubilee is all about returning, it's all about the recovery of something that was lost. But you know, the Jewish people are very important in the end times. Why? Because Jesus said that he's not returning until the Jewish people, and I'm not Jewish, and most of you are not, but as believers we have to care for, for Israel, okay? Jesus said in Matthew 23, verse 39, that he will not return until Israel says, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Not only that, but in Acts chapter 3, when Peter was preaching to a Jewish audience in Jerusalem, 
Peter said in Acts 3.19, he says, Repent and be converted, speaking to the Jewish people, that times of refreshing will come from the presence of God, and then he will send you Jesus, the Messiah. In Romans 11, the Apostle Paul said, If their falling away was brought reconciliation to the world, meaning because they fall, fell away, the door was open for the Gentiles, which, you, which is you and I, to be reached. But Paul says, if their falling away brought reconciliation, how much more will their coming in be but life from the dead, meaning the actual resurrection. And so watch this, the return of Christ is actually connected to the restoration of the Jewish people. Again, the Jubilee is all about the restoration of something that was lost. But here's what happened. The Jewish people were actually cast out of the land of Israel. As many of you know, they lost the land for nearly 2,000 years. And they were scattered to the ends of the earth. That's why the Holocaust happened, okay? So they're scattered to the ends of the earth. But watch this. The prophets say that at the end of the age, God is going to regather them to the land. That will be the first sign that we are entering into the end times. But here's what most people don't realize. Excuse me. What most people don't realize is that the restorations of Israel are actually connected to the Jubilee. Now you say, Adam, why are you telling me about this on a Friday night? I'm going to tell you why. Because I want to show you that the hand of God is involved with world events. And that he's not on vacation and that everything is ultimately working together to serve his plan. So remember, the year of Jubilee would happen how long? Every 50 years. So watch this. I'm going to give you a little bit of history. Okay? But it's, it's good history. It's not the kind you learn of in school that puts you to sleep. Like it happened with me. But anyway. So watch this. In the year 1867, just before, there was a, it was, there was a war called the Crimean War. Ironically, in Ukraine. And this was a war that involved many nations. But what happened is the land of Israel was being occupied by the Ottomans, who were a Muslim power. And what happened was the, the Crimean War put them in debt. So they began to start uh, putting some of their property for sale. Okay? And what happened was that there were Jews who used that occasion to start buying land in the land of Israel. So in 1867... The Jewish people began to start purchasing settlements in their former homeland. And again, the Jewish return to the land is a sign connected to the coming of Christ. Now watch this. The Jubilee is every 50 years, correct? Yeah. Still with me? Watch this. If you add 50 years to 1867, it will take you to the year 1917. What happened in 1917? There was the First World War, and here's what happened. The British ended up defeating the Muslim powers, the Ottoman Empire, and they made a declaration saying that Jerusalem belonged to the Jewish people. And so that happened in 1917, 50 years after 1867. Stay with me, watch this. If you add 50 years, I'm showing you the hand of God here. If you add 50 years from 1917, it takes you to the year 1967. What happened in 1967? That was the year of the Six-Day War, 
When the Jewish people against all odds defeated three powerful nations and regained Jerusalem as their capital. If you add 50 years, Jubilee again, that we're on the third time. If you add 50 years from 1967, it takes you to the year 2017. Now what happened in 2017? This might get a little bit controversial. There's a man by the name of President Donald Trump. And what happened? In the very first year of his presidency, he made the Jerusalem Declaration. Because here's what happened. Even though they were in the land in 1967, the world community never recognized it. So they were still legally separated. But in 2017, God moved President Trump 50 years later to make the Jerusalem Declaration. Isn't that something fantastic? And so we see it not once, not twice, but even three times this 50-year pattern dictating world events. But let me just share another one with you. Do you know that in the year 1897, we're going way back, there was a man by the name of Theodore Herzl, who is the founder of Zionism. And he had a congress in a place called Basel, Switzerland, and that was the first ever Zionist congress, basically where he was advocating a Jewish return to the land. And the people mocked him, they began to make fun of him. And this is what he said. He said, people are laughing now, but in 50 years, they will see what God has done. If you add 50 years to 1897, Jubilee, it takes you to the year 1947, the year that Israel was voted back into existence. And so not once, not twice, not three times, but four times we see this Jubilee pattern of 50 years in connection to God restoring His people. Why? Because the hand of God is alive and active in world events. God did not take a vacation. The earth does not belong to the enemy. Even though the enemy is working in the world, the Bible says God makes all things work together for good, and God's hand is at work. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. One more little point. Is this my water? Yes. Watch this. Another thing I didn't mention about President Trump, you know, in the year of Jubilee, what would happen is that every 50 years, they would blow the trumpet. And the the blowing of the trumpet would announce that the Jubilee had begun and that the land would return. What's Trump's name? (laughs) (laughs) And so watch this. He comes to power 50 years later for the Jubilee and makes the announcement that very year that the land belongs to the Jewish people. And so we see God working through. That means the election had to happen when it did. And all of that. Again, whether you agree or not, it doesn't matter. God is at work. Now let me, let me tell you one more thing before I get into the spiritual part of this, okay? Let me tell you one more thing. Is it possible that God played a trick on Joe Biden? <laughs> Watch this. Right now, okay, look look at this, okay? Do you know this current administration in America is the most anti-life administration in the history of the nation? In the sense that, you know, they're advocating for the killing of infants. And as believers, we don't stand with that. Why? Because the Bible says that innocent bloodshed pollutes the land. But is it possible that God played a trick 
on him. Well, let me, let me just share something with you. You know, the Democrat Party had, uh, not only were, was Joe Biden in the White House, but there was also the Senate, the Congress. It was all Democrat. But watch this, okay? President Biden, this was his first term, but he started his political career a long time ago. As a matter of fact, this is what happened. He started his political career in high office as the governor of Delaware. When did he become the governor of Delaware? He became the governor in the year 1972. Now watch this. If you add 50 years to 1972, it takes you to the year 2022, Jubilee, the year that abortion was overturned despite the most anti-life government in the history of America. Isn't that interesting? The, the abortion was overturned. What's the Jubilee about? Reversal, restoration. The abortion law was overturned in the 50th year of President Biden's political career in high office. Don't tell me that God is not active in the world. All right, so now we'll get to the spiritual stuff. Okay, one more sip of water. Was that a little bit too controversial? No? Okay. That's good. Anyway, now let me get to the spiritual part because here's the thing. I showed you just now how the Jubilee is behind world events, but ultimately there's a spiritual message because again, what did Jesus preach? He preached the acceptable year of the Lord in Luke chapter 4 verse 19. And that's what the prophet Isaiah spoke about in Isaiah chapter 61. So now, what was the Jubilee about? If, if you were in debt to somebody, let's say I owed Richard money, okay, which I don't. But let's just, say, let's just say I owed Richard some money, okay? If it was the year of Jubilee, it was his obligation to forgive me of my debt. And so the Jubilee was about the removing of debts. Well, how does that reveal the gospel? Well, do you know that every single one of us were in debt to God? Amen. How? Through our sins. And so what did Jesus say in Matthew 6? He says, when you pray, pray this way. Our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. He goes on to say, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And so the Jubilee is about the wiping out of debts. What does that mean? That the gospel is this, that there is forgiveness of sins. Amen. And so how do you walk in the Jubilee? The way you walk in the Jubilee is by forgiving others. When you forgive those who have wronged you, you are living in the power of the Jubilee. Amen. And not only does it set others free, but it sets you free as well. Amen. The Jubilee was also about returning. If you were away somewhere else, that was the year that you came home. Jubilee is all about coming back to your ancestral possession. Well, the Jews did that physically, but there's a spiritual message for us. Why? Because every single one of us were alienated from God. We were alienated from His presence. And so what happened? When Jesus was on the cross, He said, It is finished, and the veil tore from top to bottom. You see, the message was that we lost the Garden of Eden. We lost paradise. We lost the presence of God. But now through Jesus Christ, what has happened? We have returned 
to God's presence. The Bible says, let us come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and grace for help in the time of need. And so, do you know that in Hebrew, the word for return is the same word as repentance. So how do you return? How do you live in the Jubilee? By living in repentance. That's the parable of the prodigal son. The prodigal son was away from home. He was away from his father's house. And what happened? He said, I will return. Amen. And that's when the father embraced him. So it's all about restoration. It's all about return. But you see, uh, there's even more to the Jubilee than that. Because uh, the Jubilee was a time when there was slavery that was removed. If you were serving as a slave... In the year of Jubilee, guess what? You were no longer a slave. You were released. And so Jesus also came to release you from the power of the enemy. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. No doubt you know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the enemy. For God was with him. First John chapter 3 verse 8. For this reason was the Son of God made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. What are the works of the devil? The works of the devil are twofold. They are number one, sin. Why? Because sin is what separates you from God. Isaiah 59, your sins have separated you from your God. And so sin brings death. And so that's the first thing, but equally with sin also comes sickness. Why? Because in the Garden of Eden, there was no sickness. Sickness is an agent of death. But the Lord came to restore what the enemy did. That's why when Jesus preached in Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, it says Jesus went about preaching the good news of the kingdom of God and healing the sick. Why did he heal the sick? Because it was a demonstration of the kingdom of God in our midst. Amen. Amen. And so right now, we don't have to wait every 50 years. God has been working that way on the world stage with events, but we don't have to wait every 50 years. We are living in a jubilee dispensation. This is the time of God's favor. This is the time of God's grace where he is willing to forgive, where he wants to restore, when he wants you to come back to him and where his hand is extended to heal and to break all the bondage of slavery and all the bondage of the enemy, including sickness and disease. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to pray. Again, as I mentioned, I'm going to pray for you, your loved ones, whoever. You're going through any, any type of oppression of the enemy, specifically in the area of sickness and disease or any type of ailment. We're going to pray together and we're going to believe God to see the kingdom of God in our midst. To see the power of the Jubilee, the power of God today. Hallelujah. So here's what I'm going to do after I take a sip of water again. <laughs> What I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you seven reasons why God wants you healed. But if the, if the Lord wants to interrupt me, that's all good. But I'm going to tell you about seven reasons why God wants you healed, and then we're going to pray. 
Sound good? Yeah. Amen. The first reason God wants you healed is, is this, because healing is a demonstration of God's mercy. Amen. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 14 that Jesus was overlooking a great crowd, a great multitude. And the Bible says he was moved with compassion and he healed their sick. And so that's one thing I love about God is that God is not heartless, but God is aware of every person's pain. In fact, the Bible says that we have a high priest who is acquainted with our suffering. Whenever you are tempted, whenever you go through any kind of pain, we, when you pray to God, you're not talking to a being that cannot relate to you. You are talking to a being who humbled himself, who took on the form of a man, who is acquainted with suffering, and who is able to give you grace in the time of need. The Bible says Jesus was moved with compassion, and he healed their sick. Not only does Jesus have compassion, many people have compassion. Isn't it a shame what's going on with Mr. So-and-so? Isn't it so sad what's happening to Miss So-and-so? But the Lord doesn't say, too bad. The Lord says, put your faith in me, for I can heal you. There is nothing too hard for me. Amen. Man, praise the Lord. He was moved with compassion, and he healed their sick. The Bible says in Psalm 146, the Lord opens the eyes of of the blind. He, he looses the prisoners. The Lord loves the righteous. Psalm 146 verse 8. And so we serve a compassionate God. The Bible says in John 5 that there was a man who had been crippled for 38 years. That's a long time, right? Yeah. And he was in a place called the pool of Bethesda. Bethesda. Does anyone know what Bethesda means? In Hebrew... It means the house of mercy. And so this man was crippled in the house of mercy. Why? It was prophetic. Because the Lord was coming to bring mercy to this man's life. And so what happened is, the Bible says that when Jesus heard how long he had been that way. The Bible says that Jesus went to him and he says, would you like to be well? And that's what he's asking you. Would you like to be well? Absolutely. You know, one time I went to St. Joseph to minister to people. I, was, I, I, I led people with Christ at St. Joseph. We even ended up baptizing a guy and everything. And I was hoping to get a run at the priest, but he never came out. Anyway, but uh, here's what happened. So we were ministering at St. Joseph. And uh, I asked a woman who was on crutches, who was in pain. I said, would you like me to pray for you? Jesus can heal you. She said, no. I said, I won't charge you any money. No. I said, what's the worst that can happen? I don't know, but I don't want you to pray for me. And so Jesus asked the man, he says, would you like to be well? I'm glad that that man didn't have that woman's approach or we wouldn't be reading about him in the Bible today. But the man said, yes, but there's nobody to push me into the pool. And Jesus says, you don't need to go in the pool. Be healed. Amen. And that's what the Lord is saying to you. You can be healed today. Why? Because you are in the house of mercy. You are in Bethesda. The eye of the Lord is upon you. The Bible says the righteous cry and the Lord hears them and delivers them from all of their troubles. And that's what he's going to do with you. And with your Amen. Yes, 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 yes. Thank and so the Lord healed because of mercy. In Mark chapter 10, there was a blind man. They called him Blind Bartimaeus. His first name was not Blind. 
That was a name they gave him. But that's not what his mother called him. So they call him Blind Bartimaeus. And uh, one day Jesus was passing by. And this man heard that Jesus was coming by. And he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Well, the term son of David is a messianic term. By him calling him son of David, he was saying, I believe that you are the promised Messiah. And the people tried to stop him. They said, shh, quiet down, quiet down, be religious, quiet down. But, but you know what? The man didn't care. You know why? Because when you've been in pain for a long time, you're willing to go the extra mile and you're willing to go the extra step. And so the, man, the Bible says that the man shouted even louder. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And you know what happened? Jesus stopped in his tracks and said, bring me the man. And again, he said, what would you like me to do for you? Faith always works with desire. Are you hearing me? Amen. You need to bring God your desires. Faith works with desire. Jesus said, what would you like me to do for you? He says that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. But you see, I got good news for you. The same Jesus that passed by, blind Bartimaeus, Jesus is not dead. Jesus is not on the cross. Jesus is not in Jerusalem. Jesus is not in Rome, Italy. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. And the Bible says, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Amen. Tonight, we are going to call on that name of Jesus. Amen. And let me tell you something. There is only one name that is given unto man whereby we must be saved. There is a name that is higher than every sickness. There is a name that is higher than every disease. There is a name that is above every name. And at the mention of that name, every knee shall bow, every disease shall bow, and the healing power and his resurrection power will be released on your life today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. God is merciful. Amen. He is. Amen. There's no situation that he cannot overturn. Amen. We saw him do it on a global stage. He could do it in your life as well. Amen. Can I tell you a story about God's mercy? Amen. I heard a story of a, one of the greatest stories I've heard, and it's a true story because I know the evangelist. There was a man by the name of Joe. Very uncommon name. <laughs> so there was a man named Joe, and this man, he was a good man. He had a family, wife, kids. He was in business. Life was good. But one day, he started to get accustomed to the routine of his life. And he got invited to a party. And so Joe went to this party. And at the party, they were offering drugs. And what happened is that Joe decided to try some drugs. The problem was that he got instantly addicted. And so here's what happened. He ended up losing his home. He ended up losing his business. And his wife ended up leaving with the children. And so Joe, from once being a successful man, was now homeless and had nothing left. He ended up going to live in the woods somewhere near the state of New York. He ended up living in the woods. He was there for months living like an animal. Mm. He was eating animals raw, like rabbits and stuff. He didn't shower. 
So you can imagine what he looked like. He was oppressed by the devil. And he had reached the lowest of the low. People even gave him the nickname Bigfoot. Because he was, you know, some, you know, straggler in the woods. And so this was a man that people just gave up on. But here's what happened. One day there was a minister that was going to visit that region. And what happened was, the way they prepare their events is that they tell people to invite seven unsaved people that they know to church. When one of the believers was writing the names, Joe came to his attention. And so he decided to go in the woods and look for Joe. And here's what happened. He ended up finding him. Joe told him to go away. He said, I don't want to hear about you. I don't want to hear about your God. I don't want to hear about nothing. Joe had never been to church. But after much convincing, he finally persuaded him to come to his house. And he gave him, you know, allowed him to use the shower. He ate his first home-cooked meal in months. And here's what happened. Joe ended up going to church with his friend. And something amazing happened. Who'd like to know what happened? Yeah. Joe decided to give his life to Jesus Christ. Amen. And here's what happened afterward. Jubilee. He was set free. Hallelujah. Jubilee. He was set free from his drug addiction. Amen. Now here's what happened. Joe began to start getting business ideas. The Lord gave him a business idea. Not only was he set free from drugs, but he reopened his, uh, another business. It began to do really well. Now Joe is saved, and he's more successful than he was from before. But it got even better. Joe had not seen his wife for a number of years. But a rumor went around of what was happening, and the wife said, That couldn't be Joe. He lost it a long time ago. But they said, No, it's really him. He serves in his church. He's a changed man. You've got to come and see him. And here's what happened. The wife ended up coming. They ended up getting reconciled in their marriage. Now, not only is Joe saved, but his wife is saved. His children are saved. Why? Because Joe came in contact with Bethesda. He came to the house of mercy. He had an encounter with Jesus Christ, who is the author of the Jubilee, who is the great healer, the great physician, the great restorer. Amen. And if God can do it for Joe, then he could do it for you. He could do it for your family, because God shows no favoritism. He is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he accepts those who fear him. Amen. Someone say mercy. 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 God wants you healed because He is a merciful God. Amen. Number two, healing is a demonstration of the kingdom of God. When Jesus preached, He didn't just talk about salvation. Although that's important. But he preached the gospel of the kingdom. What does that mean? It means this. You know, the kingdom of God is the Lord's rulership. In heaven, there will not be any sickness and disease. How many of you know that? Amen. There won't be any. The Bible says in Isaiah 35, speaking about the kingdom of God. It says, then will the eyes of the blind be opened. The ears of the deaf will be unstopped. The tongue of the mute will be loosed. And the lame man will leap like a deer. In Revelation 22 it says, The leaves of the trees shall be for the healing 
of the nations. So there is no sickness and disease in heaven. Now most religious people would say, how many of you know that in heaven there will be no sickness? Here we must just get defeated. We must carry our sickness. But one day when we get to heaven, we will be healed. But that is not the gospel of the kingdom. The good news of the kingdom is that even today, because Jesus died, because He was resurrected, that because He ascended into heaven and sent the Holy Spirit, that through the Holy Ghost, we can actually experience the kingdom of God here on the earth. And so you can be healed now. You can be restored today. You can experience the kingdom of God on earth. Jesus said, pray this way. Our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. Today, you will have an encounter with the kingdom of heaven. You don't have to die to get there. You can experience eternal life even right now because the same God who dwells in heaven also lives in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you preach the kingdom as an ambassador, which is what I am, I'm a representative, God backs up His servant with signs and with wonders. You know, one time I was in Uganda, my first mission trip overseas. And you know, God doesn't just heal in Africa, He heals here as well. I've seen that. But I was in Uganda one time, and I was not used to praying for the sick. And so it was my first time, my first experience. I didn't know what to expect. I'm like, what's going to happen? I don't know, right? Are people going to get mad at me? I don't know. What's, what's going to happen? So one night we're preaching and there's a, a prayer line. People who come up who, who need a touch from God. And there was a woman who came up and uh, she stood on the platform next to me. But when she came and stood next to me, I kept seeing a vision. And at the time, I, I didn't, wasn't as used to it. And so I didn't really know what was happening. But in this vision that I kept seeing... I saw her go like this, I can't hear. She wasn't doing that, I was seeing this in the vision. And I kept seeing it and I was trying to ignore it, but I couldn't get away, away from it. And I said to her, I said, uh, uh, I said through the interpreter, ask her a question, is she deaf in this ear? And the interpreter asked her, and she said, yes, I am deaf in that ear, just like the Lord showed me in the vision when she said, I can't hear. And I said, really, is that so? You know, Jesus said, I only do what I see my father do. Now I know what Jesus was talking about. And so I said, ma'am, today, I said it with confidence, the Lord is going to open your deaf ear. And I told the people, I said, today, you are going to see Jesus do a miracle. And so we pray, I, I prayed, in a, not a long prayer. I wasn't throwing olive oil at her. I wasn't sprinkling her with holy water. I just said, in the name of Jesus, open. And then we had her close her good ear. And we tested her. I backed further and further away. And Jesus opened Amen. that woman's Amen. ear right Amen. on Amen. the platform. Amen. We're not 
serving a dead religion. Jesus is not on a cross. He is seated at the Father's right hand and His presence is here. He said, if there's two or three gathered in my name, I am there even in the midst of them. If you could see in the Spirit, Jesus is here with us. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. Who's happy you came to? Amen. Oh, you haven't seen nothing yet. I'm telling you. We're still in commercial. No, you didn't start yet. Hold on. No, no, no. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord wants you healed, number three, because healing produces faith. You know, the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. But when you see miracles, let me tell you, it produces faith in your heart. Amen. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 7, when the children of Israel were going to possess the land, there were giants in the land. And you know, today we don't fight against physical giants like they did. The Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers. Mm -hmm. And so we don't wrestle against physical giants, but against the spirits of the giants, which are demonic spirits. Yeah. And so here's what happened. Excuse me. What happened is this, that when the children of Israel were going to possess the land, there were giants there. And so it was intimidating for them to go in the land. But the Lord said to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 7, verse 18, He says, You shall not be afraid of those giants. He says, but you shall remember what the Lord your God did. Mm. You shall remember the signs and the wonders and the miracles and how he brought you out of Egypt with a stretched out arm. He will beat down the giants before you. What are the giants that we deal with? The giants that we deal with are things like temptations, things like um, unbelief, doubt, fear, sickness, all these things are giants that try to keep you out of the destiny that God has for you. But let me tell you something. There is no giant. There is no devil in hell that can stand before you. Because you are not standing alone. The Lord is with you. And if God is for you, nobody can be against you. He said, behold, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. You shall bring down your giant you shall bring down those who oppose you not by might not by power but by the Spirit of God who lives on the inside of you Amen. and so faith and miracles produce faith God says don't be afraid of those giants remember the wonders that I did for you why did people follow Jesus it says in John 2 23 many believed on him seeing the miracles that he did. And so miracles produce faith. Let me share a story with you. You know, I, you guys remember my dad's testimonies a little bit? Yeah? yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, my dad, uh, just to give you a quick recap, the Lord used him to help build a church in his country of Ecuador. And what happened is that one day, because, you know, there is a stronghold of Catholicism, and many Catholics are wonderful people, but some are, you know, like the Pharisees, you know, just kind of mean, you know? And um, one time, uh, a person went, and he, he picked up rocks, and he began to start throwing them at the church. 
just throwing rocks for no reason. They never harmed anyone. But he was throwing rocks, and day by day he would get rocks, and he would throw rocks at the church, on the roof, on the window, trying to cause disturbance and commotion. Well, here's what happened. One day the man fell sick. And as a matter of fact, he got so sick that he was on his deathbed. Mm. And you know, the church could have said, ah, you see what happens when you mess yeah, with us? Deserve. You know what I'm saying? Ha <laughs> You got what you deserved. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. But you know, Jesus said, don't say that. There's actually a better way. The Bible says, pray for, pray for your enemies, right? Yeah, and so you know what happened? The church, uh, sorry, the, the pastor, his name is Pastor Isaac. And uh, I, I stayed with him for about seven weeks. And uh, the, I was not there at this time. I was not there. He went to go visit the man in the hospital. And they had a talk. And the man was sorry for what he did. Mm. And the pastor said to the man on his deathbed, would it be okay if I prayed for you? He said, sure. He prayed for him. Guess what happened? The man got healed. The man got off the deathbed. And he gave his life to Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. Miracles produce faith. Amen. You know, there was another evangelist. He was preaching in a, in a tent. And there was a man who was missing. I believe it's called the vertebrate. Right over here. Is that what it's called? Vertebrate. Sorry, the science wasn't my best subject in school. Vertebrate? Something like that? Yeah. So the guy was missing a vertebrate. So basically, it looked like he didn't have a neck. You know what I'm saying? I know it sounds funny, but you know... You know, he had no vertebrae, so it was like kind of looking like that. And uh, he had a he had a steel rod that they had placed there because he had gotten in an accident, and so they had he had a steel rod that was there. So really ugly situation. Well, this guy comes forward for prayer. I I don't know <laughs> what you do in a situation like that. How do you pray for a guy that's got a steel rod? You know what I'm saying? But the man just came forward, and all he did was put his hands on his neck. And he said, in the name of Jesus. Before he could even pray, all he said was, in the name of Jesus. And the man's neck grew out. And there was a steel vertebrate, which means God removed somehow. Don't ask me how. Removed the steel vertebrate and grew his neck. And so the preacher, you know, when you're a preacher, you're supposed to act like you know what you're doing, right? You know, so that's what I do sometimes, right? Oh, don't worry about it. No, it's all good. You know? So he prays for this man and he feels this grow under his hands and he went, whoa, you know, how would you react, right? And, and uh, the man began to move his neck, he was totally healed. And what happened was there was a, a young woman, a young lady, like maybe, like I'm talking really young, like maybe eight, nine years old. She was there and the preacher said, would you like to feel, what a, would you like to touch what a miracle feels like? Something like that. And she said, sure. And what happened was the young girl put her hand on the man's neck and she got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Watch this. She began to speak in tongues. The parents tried to stop her because get this, they were a Muslim family. And so watch this. Watch this. The man tries to touch his daughter. When the man touches his daughter, he gets baptized. <laughs> Can you say amen? God saved a whole Muslim family for one miracle. Thank you, Lord. They heal you. 
God's going to heal your loved ones. Amen. Praise the Lord. To Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm happy. Amen. All right, let me show one more. Watch this. So there's this other minister, and I know this because I saw the picture myself. He was preaching somewhere, and there was a woman there who was a Roman Catholic. And what happened was she was only about 90 pounds. The reason is because she had these muscles. I believe they're called um, paracellus glands, something like that. Again, science, mm, we don't get along too well. But anyway, so what happened was she wasn't able really to swallow solid food, and she wasn't able to keep it down. How many of you know that that, that ain't pretty? Can you imagine? And so she, she wasn't able to so she had to only dr drink liquids to be able to survive. She was skinny like this. And here's what happened. The minister called her forward, and he prayed a simple prayer. All he said was, in the name of Jesus. The power of God touched that woman. She hit the ground without any usher, and she began to tremble on the ground. It was like God was doing a work on her. And what happened was, when she got off the ground, she said, I feel so much better. She said, I know for a fact that I'm healed. And the preacher said, yes, you are healed. As a matter of fact, he goes, here's $20. Go and eat whatever you want. <laughs> so he says, uh, pray before you eat it. Well, he goes home that night and he's taking a shower. And he realizes, oh my goodness, what did I just do? I just told a woman who's not able to swallow food, and who's not able to process it, they say if she would eat solid food, she would die. I gave her $20 and said, go and eat whatever you want. He said, what happens if she dies? So now he's afraid and he says, ah, it's okay, nobody will believe her anyway. But then he remembered, oh my goodness, her two daughters were standing right there. So now he's got no, he's got no excuse. So the next day as he's driving to church, before he went to the parking lot, he did an entire tour just to check if there was any police officers. <laughs> so he did a tour around the church, and he said, all right, there was no cops. He parks the car, he goes inside, and the first thing he sees is a police officer in uniform. And so he says, I had a small heart attack. But the, preacher, the police officer said, hello, brother. Good to see you. I hope you don't mind that I'm wearing my uniform. I'm just, I'm on duty, so if I get called, I have to leave. He trembled. He said, no, no, I don't mind. It's okay. <laughs> anyway, he ends up staying there, and he doesn't see the woman. So he says, oh, my goodness, did she die? Is she in the hospital? What have I done? But then out, out of nowhere, he felt a tap on his shoulder, and it was that woman. And she had a picture of herself at McDonald's. But she went to McDonald's, she said, she said, if ever I got healed, I want to eat a, a, Mc, a McDonald's Big Mac. And now you know it's God. Shoot, shoot for the stars. Eh? And so she showed him a picture of herself eating a McDonald's hamburger. Oh and God. afterwards, she still felt hungry. Oh no. She ordered 20 chicken nuggets. Oh my God. Let me tell you something. That woman is saved today. Her health has recovered. And I went to this evangelist office and I saw the picture of the woman with the cheeseburger. We serve a miracle working God. He will touch you. He will set you free. Not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Amen. Amen. Praise God.
God wants you healed because sickness comes from the devil. You should never put up with it. You know, many people tolerate sickness and disease. You have to see sickness like a temptation. When it comes your way, you have to reject it with every part of your being. You have to say, I'm not going to take what Jesus redeemed me from. Amen. The Bible says in Job chapter 2, verse number 7, that Mm. Satan went from the presence of God and he smoked Job with boils. What does that let you know? It lets you know that sickness doesn't come from God. Sickness comes from the devil. I know that's a very obvious statement, but you'd be surprised. That means, what does that mean? It means when it comes your way, you have to reject it. You can't accept it and say, oh, well, you know, it is flu season. Oh, you know, it is allergy season after all. No, we need to reject it with every part of our being. The Bible says that the thief came to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but Messiah came. That you might have life. Amen. That you might have it abundantly. Amen. And that includes divine healing Amen. and the working Amen. of miracles. But let me tell you something. God wants to restore whatever the enemy did. The Lord says in the book of Joel. I will, yeah, he wants to restore that too. He says, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. Not only that, but there's a principle in the Torah. It says in the Torah that the thief must restore sevenfold. God just doesn't just want to heal you, but He wants you to be stronger than ever. God wants to bring you back better than you ever were before. Yes, sir. Jubilee. In, that's it. He's got it. This guy's got it. Jubilee. In Zechariah chapter 9, verse 12, it says, If you will be a prisoner of hope, the Lord will restore to you this day. What day? Jubilee era. He will restore to you this day twice as much as before. Mm. What does it mean to be a prisoner of hope? You know, a person who's in jail, who has a life sentence, he doesn't have hope. But somebody who knows he's getting out soon, he has hope. He can smell the freedom. (laughs) He knows he's about to get out of there. The Bible says you must be like a prisoner of hope. What does that mean? It means if you got sickness, you say this, I'm not dying with this disease. I am a prisoner of hope. God will deliver me from this. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver him from them all. Amen. And he will bring you out with double, healthier than you've ever been before. More blessed, more joy, more prosperity, more righteousness, more peace than you've ever known. Praise God. Hallelujah. Receive. (laughs) Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. I'll conclude with this. I know I said seven. I'll conclude with this. Because I want to be able to talk tomorrow. I know. <laughs> it's okay. No, no, it's okay. But we'll make a part two. Right. Watch this, watch this, watch this. That's a good sign. Watch this. Watch this. Healing. And we're going to pray. Healing brings glory to God. Amen. In John 9, watch this. There was a man that was blind. Born blind. And the disciples of Jesus had a, you know, a clever question. Mm-hmm. They said, hey, Lord, why is he blind? Is it because of his sins or is it because of his parents' sins? Ah, good question. You know what the answer was? Mm. None of them. Uh, I wish there was a multiple choice. <laughs> None. 
Ah, no. And he said, what do you mean? Jesus said, but that the works of God would be manifest through him. Amen. Meaning, the devil put that on him to bring destruction. But the Lord says, okay, Mr. Devil, you're going to put that sickness, but I'm going to heal him, and I'm going to get even more glory, and many people are going to put their faith in me because of this miracle. God is not the author of your problem, but he is a redeemer. He will take what the enemy meant for evil, and he will turn it for good. Praise God. He makes all things work together for good. Hallelujah. To them that love him and are called according to his purpose. Amen. No sickness will take you out. You will not die before your time. You shall live and not die. And you Hallelujah. shall declare the glory of God. Whether there's a pandemic or no pandemic, you shall proclaim the goodness of the Lord your God. Amen. Amen. Long life is a covenant promise. Abraham was old. Joshua was old. Jacob was old. All our covenant fathers lived an old age, to an old age. The Bible says that even in old age, you will bring forth fruits. You will remain vital and green. Amen. Amen. You don't have to be an old person with aches and pains. You don't have to be an older person addicted to prescription medication. You can be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. There is nothing that is impossible for our God. Hallelujah. Let me share this one story and we're going to pray. You know, one time I was in Kenya and there was an old lady in her 90s. In her 90s. And uh, it was the mother-in-law of the pastor who was hosting me. And he said, would you come and pray for my mother-in-law? She's not feeling well. Mm. Now, in my mind, they said, listen, she's in her 90s. I mean, you got to go one day. You know what I'm saying? I mean, come on. Let's be honest. Nothing's going to happen. It's me. Is that the guy you want praying for you? Nothing's going to happen anyway. So anyway, I go and I'm about to pray a religious prayer. Oh, my God. Oh, Father, keep her early. Just to be polite. But you know what? I felt the power of God. <laughs> I felt the glory of God. I said, what's this, Lord? What's going on? And you know what? God touched her in a powerful way. Guess what? That was like four years. She's still alive. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You don't have to die. You can live a long life and see the goodness of God. David said, I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of God. In the land of the living. Amen. In a day when pharmaceutical companies are using human beings like assets, you will not be one of their assets. Amen. You will walk in dominion Amen. over all the power of the enemy. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Mm, Man, how many of you know, feel God's touching you right now? Who needs a physical touch in your body? Wait, raise your hand if you need a physical touch. If you need a touch in your body, I want you to come. Come on, come on. I want to pray for you. Amen. The rest of you? Okay, stand right here. Thank you, Lord. If anyone needs prayer, this is what I want you to do. I want you to make a line. And I'm going to pray for you one by one. And I'm going to believe God to do a miracle in your life. The same God that was with me in Africa, He's here right now. And you know what? While I was preaching, I heard the Holy Spirit say that there is faith. Amen. And you know what? 
The same way Jesus told people, your faith has made you whole. That's the same word he's speaking to you tonight. Your faith has made you whole. Hallelujah. Here's what I'm going to do. When I pray for you, I want you to release your faith. I want you to release your faith. Do what you couldn't do. If you couldn't move your arm, move your arm. And you know what? Keep your confession pure. Don't say, oh, well, well, you know. No, no, no. Keep your confession pure. God will touch you. Amen? Amen. Just take a minute and pray together. Just take, hold on. Just take a minute and pray right now in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you.